0: All right, what's up everybody? I'm Adam. And I'm Gary. And we're two dudes. Having the time of our lives. Oh no, man. You didn't just try to sing that, did you? I did. I did. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. That's
1: right. That's right. But hey, okay. It's a a Thursday night, right?
0: It is. (laughs) Thursday night. You got your drink?
1: I do. I do. Cool. Cool. That no
0: advertising. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. So, we're not sponsored by Chick fil A. Got my Arnold <laughs> Palmer anybody going on.
1: That has those contacts, please, by all means.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, man. So, how's July going for? Well, how was July for you? Did you have a good July? Yeah, It wasn't bad.
1: It wasn't bad. You know, I mean, I'm still in the process of moving, unpacking, doing everything. So, a lot of what I have that, you know, I have picked. In the last, however, however many months, you know, I'm I'm listing very slowly. Um, I had to uh, I had to do new things. As a matter of fact, my wife actually bought me a new tri-board today from Walmart. You know, one of those boards that you can use to, you know, as a background for your uh, items. So oh, I threw my yeah. own away because they got so scuzzy and bent up in the uh, in the move that uh, we had to buy a new one. So I'm actually going to be getting back to listing here very soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just sort of been one of those things where all my items that are on there, um, you know, kind of been uh, kind of been selling here or there. And, uh, yeah, that's one of the benefits of having a lot of inventory on eBay is when you get into a slow time that some of that inventory can actually kind of piggyback you into the next month. So when you're having a slow time, you can still see keep some consistency.
0: So yeah, what about, you afloat.
1: yeah, what about you? What you got going on there?
0: Man, man, July is, was probably the best month I'd had ever since I started reselling. Yeah? How so? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have the official numbers. Um, I could pull it up on my Excel spreadsheet. But eBay is charging me $291 in fees, so I assume I did pretty good.
1: I was going to say, I mean, if it's, <laughs> it's 10%, I mean, that's almost $3,000 in sales, man.
0: Yeah, gross sales. And that's not counting Mercari. That's only on eBay. Yeah, I was going to say, even if you're only netting, you know, I
1: don't know, 75% of that or something like that due to loss of sales and shipping and, you know, the service fees and shipping and all that stuff. I mean, dude, how many people out there could use, especially at this time, an extra couple of thousand dollars?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And just in case there are people out there watching this, for the first time coming to Two Dudes Picking, I think it's important to iterate that we are part-time resellers, meaning we have regular day-to-day jobs. We both work for the same company. Uh, Gary's got his position, I've got my position, but we we go to Goodwill or something like that on our lunch breaks. We spend about 30 to 45 minutes picking at one store, maybe two if the first one was no good. And then on the weekends is when we list and pack up and set and uh, ship out. But for a part time gig to fund our hobbies, to have a little bit of extra money in our pocket, it's fun. It is amazing how much the extra couple hundred or even a couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. uh, it's. it's think about it like this. Um, I, I, I'm going to steal this from somebody's post that I do not remember whose it was, but we're part time. And say we make $8,000 this year, net profit. That is more than a typical bonus or merit increase that you would get in a regular day-to-day job, right? right. And right. if you happen to have, if you're blessed to have a job where you get a bonus mm-hmm. and you still get make about $8,000, that's like on top of that. So yeah. that's how I feel about it all. And that's why I... That's why part time is perfect for me,
1: and, and you know honestly too, it's it's not like it requires a ton of work. I mean, let's just be honest. You know, you go there and you pick the goods. You already know what you're looking for, especially if you've done it for a little bit. You know, you list on eBay with a few pictures that you take and you write out a description. Most of the time, if you've done it right, you, I mean, you can list something in 30 seconds to a minute, right? I mean, to, you know, typically, right? If it's something that's not complicated, a hat, a shirt, something like that. Um, and then whenever it sells you're shipping it out that takes five minutes and then either you put it in your mailbox or you take it to the post office that takes you know you know anywhere between 20 seconds and maybe like you know 15 minutes to drive up and down the road to go do it um
0: but it's and really if you sell that enough easy. that you can't fit it in your mailbox it ta- it's nothing off your back to have a pickup come to your house and get it
1: Exactly. I mean, they offer so many suites of services in order to do package pickup. It, it almost makes it effortless at the end of the day. It and really does. The kind of thing is like, you know, you wonder why more people don't do this, you know, because of that. Like, you kind of feel like we should be running through the competition every year because of the fact that, you know, we, we, we think that this is such a simple process to make a few extra hundred to a thousand or, in your case, two to three thousand extra dollars a month. I mean...
0: You know, who wouldn't take that deal, right? I mean, right. game shows for less. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've challenged myself because it's been, I think the pandemic and COVID 19 is made, it's obviously made online buying or online selling much easier this year. However, it's also made me realize you can just keep it going despite the pandemic, even if next year when there's nothing or the year after that. And my um, I've been inspired to use the money that I make to uh, either start paying off my car um, out of that account as opposed to my regular bank account. Yep. And that truly, that's just that's not that much work to make an extra $600 a month.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if that shades off, you know, a couple of years off your car payment or something like that, if you can get to a point where you get free faster, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the amount of money that you'll gain post that is just, it, it's phenomenal.
0: It, it is. really is. Just uh-huh. got to be conscious not to just waste it in the store, but actually hold on to some stuff.
1: There's okay. that. There's that temptation. Yeah. Especially when you go out and you say, ooh, I could use that at home. <laughs> hey, yeah. You
0: know. Well, what <laughs> I meant was don't don't be buying so much sourced inventory that your bank account doesn't show the reflection of how much you're actually making. Yeah. I mean, doing it part time, you probably aren't doing a really good bookkeeping job of it if you, as if you were doing it for full time. Mm-hmm. But you, you look at your bank account number and you think, why is it so low? But then you look in your closets and you look in your inventory and you're like, Oh, look at all the crap I've got to sell and list. Right?
1: Right, and unless you're willing to eat one of those shirts in case you know the money breaks <laughs> right? Doesn't taste as good. Could you eat it? Yeah, probably. It won't taste good.
0: <laughs> Maybe the linen would break down or the cotton. It's all natural.
1: I sure hope so. But
0: yeah. So the topic for tonight is going to be on the in the realm of returns or cancellations. And I think we could even get into the conversation of low ball offers because we see a lot of that. And in fact, I think because of the pandemic and there's a lot more people online buying, you see more of it than you typically do. Um, So I wanted to ask you, Gary, can you remember your most recent either return request or um, cancellation? And uh Tell us about that experience.
1: You know, it's actually funny. Sometimes I'll initiate a cancellation. Um, you know, it, it was, this last one was legitimately my fault. You know, there was a, a shirt that I had, and of course, you know, it'd been sitting around for a while. And anytime you got clothes sitting around, you know, things like moths or whatever that may, you know, gnaw a hole in it, you know. But um, it was actually a, uh, it, I mean, it wasn't a very high dollar item. I mean, I think the guy paid like 15 bucks for it, right? It was an Under Armour uh, tank top, you know. And uh, it had actually been sitting on eBay now for like a year and a half, two years. It was almost an item I'd kind of forgotten about. And then, <laughs> boom, it sold one day, right? You know, happy days. It's like, all right, cool. I get to get rid of this item. It's been sitting around forever. I go to pull the item out. And lo and behold, it has a whole dead center of it. Like at the dead center of it. I, I, I thought to myself, there's no way i listed this not seeing this hole. And I looked at the pictures, there was no hole there. So it had developed a hole, you know, during that time. And I was like, I can't sell this. I can't ship it to this guy. And that's the thing about it. Right. I kind of put myself in a position of how do I want to receive the item? Do I want to receive it where it's got holes in it, where it's not like the picture said, it's got strings hanging out of it, whatever. And the answer is absolutely not of course you wouldn't want that right i mean if amazon sent you something like that you'd be really pissed off and you'd send it back to them right uh mm-hmm. with a strongly worded email so what i did is i actually reached out to the person and i said hey look here's the thing it's got a hole in it the item's damaged uh i'm just going to go ahead and refund your money because i wouldn't want to receive this money. so I'm, I'm terribly sorry um you know it's this part of what happens i mean to think that as a reseller you're not immune to items becoming damaged, I think is kind of a, a bit of a, a false sense of uh, a false sense of security, if you want to say it that way. Big companies spend millions of dollars to try to figure out ways not to have their products age, damage, expire, do whatever you know, get eaten by rats uh, while in storage. Uh, they spend millions of dollars trying to figure this out. You've got some totes your house you know and some uh you know stuff in your garage or whatever and don't think that that's impervious to damage you know your garage isn't like you know the 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 sealed weatherproof container that you think it is and even though you put it in a tote it's still not the same way um if that was the case that's all amazon would do right but you know they $5.
0: uh $4 tote would protect it all that's
1: right that's right problem solved you know jeff Bezos will email you your check um the thing is is that you know it, it's one of those things where the way i handled something like that is be on the front foot of it uh don't try to put one off on your customer well there's a lot of temptation to say well maybe they won't notice or no. you know if the kids
0: you can't do kid's them gonna, like that
1: right right the kid's gonna put a hole in it anyway in a week you know but you i mean again if you got it that way what would you think like, right what would be your reaction how would you react and so, I think that's what you have to you have to keep in
0: mind. Um I'm gonna tell a quick story of my uh, of a cancellation that took place, but I want you to um, think of a return or cancellation that wasn't your fault but was what okay. but was from the customer. All right. So a few months ago I tried selling a gaming system. It was a PlayStation system, and I paid I think I paid up on it, maybe twenty bucks and I put it on auction starting at 20 bucks and it made it all the way up to $87. Uh, And immediately he paid like within five minutes Uh, to me, that's immediate, um, immediate enough. Right. And, um, and then not two minutes after that, he requested a cancellation. And I'm sitting here thinking, he not only bid on it, but he was in an active bid war in the last 20, 15, 20 seconds to right. get it up there. And he paid. He went through the checkout process. What possibly was going through his mind? Yeah. The, the only I don't thing, know.
1: The only thing I can think of in a circumstance like that is, and, and hey, I don't know why you paid, right? But he was bidding on several of them, and he was shopping to see which one he got the lowest price on, and then he can just cancel whatever because it doesn't really matter. You know, um, the eBay will always have the buyer's back no matter what. I mean, in, in probably ninety-nine percent of circumstances, um, you know. And so if he canceled it, doesn't matter. It doesn't hit his score or anything like that. I mean, you you can leave him some feedback, but it's not gonna it's not Damn. gonna to buy anything? Yeah, I mean, it yeah, won't let it, you
0: leave uh, negative feedback yeah. in that situation. all right Yeah. So
1: you know, you're you're not. There's no risk to it if you're the buyer. There's no risk of me bidding on ten items, seeing which one I get the lowest price on, and then paying for that item. Again, I don't know why he paid you, unless unless we get to the lowest item, unless you were the lowest one, and then another one ended five days I mean, later, and I ended and then, up not
0: being the lowest one yeah, anymore.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. And I bet you there's a string of things. And at that point, that person may not even be the lowest one. He may have gone to somebody else, you know, at the end of
0: the day. So it should I mean, count against them. It should, eBay I mean, should like, have some sort of cancellation counter that as a buyer, but that you know,
1: would fight like compl- against you or something like that. At one point I thought they did, but I, I'm not even sure. Like I know they
0: do with you as a as a seller but I don't remember because okay. I don't cancel anything as a buyer. So I've never gotten any warning or anything. Um, The the, uh, the fact that he paid just had me ecstatic because, you know, they get what, like three days to have to, to go through the yep. actual payment process. And yep. so I was like gold, you know, 20 bucks into 87 uh, plus shipping. I was happy with that. But, well, the, nope. but imagine,
1: imagine if your shipping process was really quick, you know, or, or you waited half an hour or something like that to do it where you had already packed it up. Like, cause maybe it's already in a box. You've already got it made
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you, you bought a label. So you're, you're now spending money that you're going to have to uh, try to get refund from, from the postal service. And, whatnot. and then you've got to, and, and let's say you went to the post office. You don't even know this guy canceled yet, you know, yeah. and then you flip the item off and that. At what point then, you know, do you do you get compensated for whatever loss you're about to incur? Because your time is lost, your 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 you know you may get your stuff back, you may not. Well,
0: it's a bid, so it's a request for cancellation. So I could have denied it or declined it. Yeah, Um, you
1: could, but then I wonder how eBay. I I, I mean, and if anybody knows this, drop this in the comments. I've never had an issue where or situation come up where somebody requested a cancel. I said no, no dice, and then what happens? Like does eBay still make you refund the transaction or is it one of those things where they have your back and you know, no. the money locked? I, I don't know.
0: I think I have one. I think I did have one where he re- somebody requested a cancellation, but I had already printed the label like you were describing, mm-hmm. but I hadn't actually gotten it to the mail yet. Yeah. Um, and I told him I had already shipped it because technically I had already shipped. I'd, it's not in the post office, but I've already right. put it up for shipment. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I declined the cancellation request and I said, I didn't say anything about a return, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking if he gets it and he still doesn't want it, he'll just open a return.
1: Yeah, possible. I mean, here, here's the thing, though. There are so many scam artists out there with stuff like this. Like, I remember the days of eBay past. I mean, eBay that was on like, you know, 15 years ago plus. And I remember I sold a phone and I actually did it for a coworker because at that point I thought I could, you know, make a little bit of side money by selling other people's, uh, items for them. And I would just take permission on the items that they would sell, uh, almost like a consignment fee. And then right. I would sell on eBay. I'd give them their money. They would give me the item. And then, you know, uh, I would ship it off, and I would keep whatever you know percentage was mine, and it was it was decent, you know. But the problem is, is that I learned that I can make way more money selling stuff for myself than selling stuff for other people, and so I just kind of gave up that because it just wasn't worth the time. But the thing is, is that there was this chick that bought this phone uh, from me, and I can't remember. I think she was in New York or something like that, and um, so anyway, I she bought it, paid. I boxed it up the next day, shipped it out. Um, Two days later, she comes back and says, I don't have the phone yet. And I'm like, Well, I mean, I shipped it through USPS. Here's the tracking number and everything like that. It shows it's going to get there by like two days from now or something like that. She says, Well, I needed to have this phone today. And I'm like, I mean, well, what do you want me to do, right? I mean, this is before Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime, the way we. They wanted it the next day. Right. Yeah, you didn't pay for extra shipping. You didn't pay for expedite. At no point, in my listing didn't say next day or anything like that. Why did you assume this? Alright, so what's what happened next was interesting. So, what happened next is that she um wanted to cancel the order, right? And I said, your order is going to arrive in a day. <laughs> so, this, this is point. on eBay, right? This is on eBay. Your order is <laughs> going to arrive in a day. So... What you can do is when you get it, you can send it back to me. And when you send it back to me, then I will cancel your order and I will refund your money. Right? So, and I'm not joking about this. Right? So eBay came in, right? And says, you will refund this person's money. And I said, I'm not refunding Under
0: what person's. ground?
1: Not until, I, not until I get the phone back. Now, mind you, this wasn't like for for five or $10, right? If it was that, I probably just said, screw it. Just go ahead with it. Right? This was 150 bucks, right? 150 bucks, no my pocket, you know, that I would have had to give. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not refunding that, not until I get the phone back in my hand, and then I will gladly refund them because now I have something to sell again to make the, the money back, right? Uh, because once you give thing,
0: them the money back, they have no accountability to return that item.
1: Exactly. And, and again, back in the day, eBay pass, That's exactly what happened. So she wanted her money back. I said, yeah, no dice. I'm not doing it right. Not doing you give me the phone back. All right. So she opens up some kind of case against me. Again, I can't even remember all the details about it, but she opens up this case against me. And so I refuse until she sends the phone back. Right. So bottom line, I never got the phone back. Guess what else I didn't do? I didn't send her her money back. Right. So the way I see it, she got a phone that she paid for. I got the money that she paid me for the phone, and we can leave it at that. Well, eBay wasn't satisfied with that result. So eBay actually came after me for the $150. They actually sent me a bill. They canceled my original account. They closed my original account, sent me a bill for $150. You know what I did? I didn't pay it. Didn't I pay said it. no. I'm not paying this. I'm not I'm not being extorted into paying this. Uh, you can cancel my account, you can report it to my credit. I don't care what you did, but I'm not paying this and they sure enough sent it to collections don't care. I'm not paying this. I stood my ground on it, right So they canceled my account and all that. Well, years. a couple of years later, I got out of the eBay game for a little bit after that. A couple of years later, I opened an account back up under a completely different name. of course, you know and all that.
0: This is when you have now?
1: It's the one I have now. Yeah. Yeah. So Universal Exports 007 has been my eBay handle for a long time now, since I think
0: 2008.
1: Yeah. You know, and I haven't had any issues like that, but I think they changed their policy. I think now eBay actually has it where you don't refund anything until the item comes back, actually discourage you from doing that, which again was a, a, a far cry from what they used to do because um, i feel like i got super screwed on that yeah you uh, did. but again stand your ground don't back down um it, you Shoot. know for your account it, it, whatever i know i built up a pretty good feedback score i'd have a pretty good feedback score if i hadn't for that but hey it is what it is so,
0: man that's a good story
1: that's but that's probably my I, story about when a return went wrong <laughs> of course it's from the old days i don't know how relevant it is today but yeah
0: I did have a cancellation I had to invoke um, because I had a pair of, they weren't really five finger shoes, but they were, they reminded me of five finger shoes and Mm -hmm. um, those type of shoes. And it was sometime in January that they sold and Mm -hmm. I I tore my room apart looking for them and I couldn't find them anywhere. So just lost inventory Uh, and your stomach when that happens I know and I mean I I just was hoping that because of it that wasn't gonna be my first negative feedback right Um, I had to cancel the order I had to give them a refund there's nothing I could have done about it the um, I did to this day I can't remember what I did with those shoes I thought that maybe I had put them in a yard sale and sold them, and forgot to remove the listing but I was talking to my brother-in-law and my sister because it was their yard sale. They said they didn't ever remember selling them for me on my behalf at that yard sale. And it's like, it's just to this day, I still don't know. They're probably going to show up in the back of my closet behind all my other shoes or something. I don't know.
1: It'll be when you're not looking for them and you are like, uh two years ago, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, recently, really- I had to cancel another order. And... Um, No, I thought I was going to have to cancel the order, but I ended up finding that item. So I tried to sell off some of my old inventory on Instagram to some of our followers. And I got rid of some good stuff, and um, they were appreciative. And there was a Columbia PFG shirt that uh, that sold on eBay about a week after the fact. And I was looking everywhere for it, and I couldn't find it, and I was about to cancel it. And about 30, 45 minutes later, I finally found it in the closet hanging up when it was supposed to be already folded up in a plastic bag and in one of my inventory bins ready to go. And what had ended up happening was I was showing it off to them. So that's why I took it out of the bag. But they ended up not wanting to buy that particular shirt from me on the Instagram lot on the Instagram so mm-hmm. I just hung it and put it in my closet rather than taking the time to fold it back up. I almost yeah. did it again, but it didn't happen that way. That and good, I get the occasional it didn't fit return. And as much as that bothers the ever-living snot out of me, hey, Kevin, what's up, buddy? Thanks for joining us. Um, if you got questions, just put them down there in the comments where I answer them all. We're talking about returns and cancellations and stuff like that. But – um when I think about when I want to return something because I bought it on Amazon or I bought it on Kohl's or I bought it on Dick Sporting Goods or something like that, right, and it didn't fit a pair of shoes or a pair of blue jeans, and as much as I want as, – as much as it kind of – it really does aggravate me, I can't really hold it against them, you know, because yeah. – I don't know my measurements and not all shoes are made the same. So yeah, but at the same I don't time, let it, I don't let it tear me up anymore.
1: At the same time though, I mean, you know, I don't have a billion dollar slush fund like Amazon to where you can use me as a try on service. And if it doesn't fit you just perfect exactly, or it doesn't look the way you thought you just send it back. And now all the shipping that I paid is on my dime. I, I don't. I don't have a, a a cost structure to even support that. If that was the case, then I need to bake that level of risk into my cost to say there's a problem, a pretty good chance that somebody is going to return this because it's a, an athletic fit shirt, right? It's a
0: California large. California large, yeah.
1: California, <laughs> whoever's watching in California, I don't know how you guys make your clothes, but man, I mean, I, I guess the rest of us are maybe a little bit more girthy than. And in the, the south
0: feet, were a little bit more yeah. round.
1: That's right, that's right. It's all the red beans and rice and all the collard <laughs> greens, weed down here. And the squirrels. That's what the, the Squirrels are laughing But I mean, it's uh it's funny because you know you'll say like, okay, this is a large shirt, but it's an athletic fit, you know. You'll even put measurements in there. Yeah. And if someone puts it on and they look like a busted tin of biscuits, I mean that's <laughs> horrible. That's
0: nobody the knows. Okay. Oh, you know? right. Do you yeah, know your right. measurements? Honestly, think quickly. Do you know your measurements? I don't know
1: what, what size shirt I wear, but honestly- But if you I'm don't kidding, know your uh, measurements.
0: Uh, no, you I don't meant, know your inches from your shoulder to shoulder or from your neck to your seam of your I, cup, collar at I the bottom. Don't, I don't, but I could measure it. But those that, are the measurements that that I used to put yeah. in. I don't even put measurements in anymore. And yeah, if somebody I, wants to return I, something, listen, you have the option as a seller, Gary, And this is what I do. I made a decision. Do I want to provide an opportunity for my buyers to return um, anything such as clothes and have an option to become a top rated seller? Or do I want to do no returns whatsoever, Mm -hmm. fight it when they try to return it and never get a top rated seller status? Because you have to provide some sort of return service, to get top rated seller status, the right? The crazy
1: thing is that eBay is going to force you to return it no matter what you bet.
0: Yeah. I Not have all, all the time. And well, if you, okay. If it, you, it, does uh, okay. Time, if it yeah. doesn't fit, if yeah. it, it doesn't match description. If
1: it doesn't I, match description, but then that's such a loose sh- category. It's I, a, a very, very subjective matter thing. Matter? Because it wasn't the shade of red he thought it was. And I'm like, well, how the hell am I supposed to do it? Here's a picture. I don't know how to convey what color red it is to you any any more than this. What do you want, a paint code? I mean, I, I don't know what An RGB is. code.
0: It's,
1: it's like your eyes are going to perceive color different than mine and what's on the screen. And depending on what monitor you're using, a laptop or phone, you know, and what your, if your blue light filter is on, all of those things are going to affect things like that. So if you say, you know, well, it's not as it's not as red as i thought it was going to be well, what the hell do you want me to do about that and honestly what they yeah. could say is well, what the hell do you want the seller to do about that you know but they, they don't say that no, they don't. of course not because yeah, they're but,
0: a place where people go to buy they want right. to make their ten percent
1: right they want to make their ten percent they want to keep the buyers on the site because the buyers are what generate i mean the sellers put out the inventory but the buyers are what contribute to the bottom line because when you buy something then that 10% gets charged the seller, and then they take that money from there. Um, so their interest is in protecting the buyer, not necessarily the seller. And of course, this is my opinion. There are going to be people that differ on that, and that's totally fine. You know, if you live in a free country where you can have a different opinion and we don't have to go fist to that. You know, it's kind of cool like that. Uh, but the, uh, that's true. You know, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a founding All I
0: know is I go buy, like you said, I know what shirt I wear. I know, um, I guess, because I I don't necessarily stick to brands. If I go to a store, I can try on whatever I want to try on. Yeah. But if I want to go and buy something off the Internet, that's when I do stick to brands that I know how they fit and what size I am in that brand. I think Um, that's the assumption
1: of risk that you take buying something online, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, doesn't the, doesn't you as a
0: buyer have have something on your shoulders too the headache and the heartache of having to actually pack it back up print it off may, put that mailer and then get it back to the maybe you can just slip it in the mailbox but there's there's something on your back too to yeah. return it so yeah
1: you know what i mean i'm not opposed to people sending me things back if they don't fit i just think it should be on their dime or ebay it should refund me the shipping costs if they're so adamant that i have to make the return then maybe eBay should take the onus in, in refunding the shipping cost to me uh, for the return label, or provide a return label for the customer. That's a better idea.
0: You know, you made uh, me want to look something up about um, the new eBay managed payment system, and um, do that, but there mean, might be something in there about returns. Yeah, I mean, I hope
1: so. That'd be fantastic. Like I said, if if, if somebody wants to return something because it doesn't fit. Even though you listed the size on the t-shirt, the way it's listed, this is a Nike t-shirt, it's a size large, it's it's this. They think they're a large, they're more like an extra large, or they're more like a medium, and the shirt's all baggy, but they bought a large anyway. If they return it, eBay should have to eat that cost. If eBay wants you to be a try-on service, then eBay should eat the cost of return shipping. It shouldn't put it on its sellers because of the fact that, you know, we're already offering these things at a competitive rate to try to get the customer there. We're we're trying to compete with the big box industries that put their stuff on eBay as well. And so you're already at a slim profit margin. And whenever you have to return something or have a a return come back, and your shipping label is net, so now you've shipped it once, now you're gonna have to pay to ship it twice
0: you know, yeah, if you're charging free- them shipping, that shouldn't yeah. make that big of a difference. But if you're doing free yeah. shipping, that's a huge difference.
1: Oh, it is. Well, I have to. I have to do free shipping. I feel like I have to do free shipping because I feel like I have to use it to stay competitive in the cost realm. True, uh, I agree. And and it's it's you know it's a thing. People like free shipping. It's kind of what Amazon has, has kind of promoted. It's what other things have promoted. They bake into the cost. But if you don't see free shipping, it's not there, right? And I don't know. So, People
0: are weird sometimes. I do, um, probably on most of my items, I do returns are allowed for up to 30 days. Mm-hmm. Buyer pays return shipping. Yeah. But this is where it, um, I think this is where it kicks you in the butt. If it's a free shipping item, like a shirt, like a polo shirt,
1: buyer pays return shipping, which was nothing. I don't recall.
0: I I don't believe that there's an option to to, to deduct from your return amount due to shipping cost. So I have to assume that when eBay gives them that return label, there's Mm -hmm. an agreement somewhere that they'll be charged for that return shipping because it's not coming from me and it's Mm -hmm. not... It's not, um, I'm not able to remove it from my refund amount either. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I honestly, I don't think I've returned anything on eBay before to personally be a buyer trying to return something and, and know how that goes. Have you?
1: Yeah. One time I did. I bought a cannonball. I remember this story. Cannonball. No, seriously, I bought a cannonball. Like this is a this is a story for the web, right? Um, a cannonball, a cannonball, like a legitimate, like cannonball. So, all right, I'm a history buff, right? That's that's one thing I really, really like, right? I, I really enjoy history. I love American history. Um, you know, I think that there's pride in in you know your country, and I think that you know. When it comes to learning everything you can about the founding, who the heroes are of your country, artifacts from it, you know, I think it's all fantastic, right? Um, and I, I, I particularly love military history. That's one thing that, that really fascinates me when it comes to American history, especially. So anyway, um, I was just, I think I would watched the uh, History Channel special or something like that and um so i went online and i was trying to find some sort of artifact from the war of 1812. all right i mean who doesn't do that on a friday night right mm-hmm. so, uh,
0: <laughs> i did it just uh, yesterday
1: gary was there beer involved there's always beer involved uh, <laughs> but the thing is is that i went on ebay and uh this one guy he was selling a cannonball he lived in baltimore maryland selling a cannonball that was found at the site of Fort McHenry um, and had paperwork, paperwork where it dated this cannonball back to the Battle of Fort McHenry which was the battle, for any of those out there who are history buffs, it was the battle at which the Star Spangled Banner was written. So The Star Spangled Banner flying high over Fort McHenry, you know, uh, the flag was still there, everything. So Francis Scott, he is writing this song, writing this poem that eventually becomes our national anthem while watching the bombardment of Fort McHenry, you know, from a British ship. And the idea that this cannonball was fired at that battle was just really, really cool to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I could put that on a shelf. And somebody's gonna ask me what's that um that's a cannonball oh cool no 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 you don't understand this cannonball was fired the night the star spangled banner was written at the battle where it happened. that's cool
0: all right that's a that's brilliant conversation starter
1: fantastic i mean you can imagine all right so i paid a bit for this cannonball right um and i said you know i i can't even believe i'm about to spend this money on a cannonball but I'm, I'm going to do it. It came out of eBay money, so who cares, right? So anyway, I, uh, I bought this cannonball. And the guy ended up shipping it to me. And let me tell you, this thing was heavy, right? I mean, now a proper cannonball at the time, and, and there's going to be somebody out there that wants to check me in the comments. Look, I'm not a cannonball expert, right? There was, <laughs> the cannonball itself should have weighed somewhere in the neighborhood of like, I think it was like, you know, 28 pounds or something like that, right? The type of cannons that were firing at that time during that battle from the ships that were actually there. All of this is documented throughout history. You can track, you know, the the size of the cannons that were used on the different ships and what cannonballs they fired, right? Um, Well, it turned out when I got this cannonball, it only weighed like 22 pounds, right? So I weighed it on my scale, right? I weighed it to see what, what does it weigh? Is it an authentic cannibal? Because the paperwork was a little bit sketchy. The, apparently, somebody had found it on that beach. You know, that's close to Fort McHenry, back you know, 70 years ago, and it kind of been passed down through the family type thing. The paperwork looked like it was written on that. You know that? Remember that old like you know? I, I mean, I've taken it back to like the 80s, the 90s. Those things where it made it look like a document with like the scroll looking font you know, and everything on the background paper. And it was like this like calligraphy font that you could do. And this was the paperwork that was associated with this to authenticate it. So automatically, like my radar is going up. It's like, I don't don't know that this is legit. It's not like it's a historical society in Baltimore that's renowned. and They've done all this and all that. So anyway, I look at it and um, I weigh it. And it doesn't meet the weight. And it also doesn't have some of the features. Like a cannonball actually has this little hole in it, you know, where actually the the, the liquid liquid metal was poured and all that good stuff. It's called a screw hole. And it didn't have that on it. I mean, now, mind it, this is a 22-pound round ball that fits in in this space right here, right? It's heavy. I mean, it's got weight to it. But it doesn't have the correct weight to it. So I contact the seller. And I was like, yeah, here's the deal. Um, I've been doing some research and, you know, your cannonball is supposed to weigh this. It does not weigh this. Um, I don't think this is from, I don't think this is from the battle of Fort McHenry. And I also don't think that this is a cannonball. I think it's something else. And apparently there were, uh, large like ball bearings and all that that were used in machinery back in the days and stuff like that. And I think that's actually what it was because that's why it was perfectly round, et cetera, like that. Again, you know, this cannonball should show no signs of deformation. Imagine a cannonball fired from a ship hitting a stone wall. Should have some chips in it, you know, some type thing. Or, or should at least knock it a certain way or be deformed or have some, some scarring to show it potentially. You know, what if they missed? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, the bottom line is, is that I returned the cannonball to the guy, um, which was interesting because the guy, was, and I'm not joking, literally begging me to not return it to him because my family's going through tough times right now, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're begging me not to return something that you can't authenticate, that you sold to me as authentic. Uh, Yeah, no. No, I'll get eBay involved if I have to, because it's enough money where that would be a thing. Um, I sent it back to the guy, the guy who funded my money. That was that. I always
0: bought a cannonball
1: from the War of 1812.
0: I I think you probably (laughs) had a little bit... Too much to drink, yeah. I think you had a little bit Uh, of... uh, beer goggles on that night when you were reading that listing.
1: The listing looked very legitimate, and that's actually... Well, it's funny because you say that. That's one thing that I actually said to eBay is that I said to eBay that this is the listing. This is the specifications that they put in it. None of what I have found meets these specifications. You know? In other words, I don't think that this guy is trying to defraud me, but I think he thinks it's something... Not what it is. Have you ever seen pawn stars and people think yeah. got yeah. something that it's not? And that's that's what I think it was. And you know what? This guy can, can go to the grave thinking he has a cannonball from the Battle of Fort McHenry, but he really doesn't. He has a piece of industrial machinery that's worth it.
0: as a seller. He took a huge chance trying to sell something he really didn't know anything about.
1: Yeah, massive. And again, if it had been certified, if it had actually been certified by some you know historical society and all that, I probably would still have it. It'd be sitting on my shelf and I'd show it to you right now, you know, but it wasn't.
0: So I don't. And Let me not. tell you a mistake but. I recently made. I um did some retail arbitrage at Ross and I do that occasionally. I don't find a whole lot, but every now and again you find some shoes to flip. And sure. I found a pair of Adidas football cleats. And this is like just last week that I sold him just this week that I actually um, got the email from him. So apparently throughout the buying process, the listing process, the packing process, I never noticed that one of the cleats was missing an insole. And I didn't I didn't have a picture of both cleats insoles for the listing I only took a picture of one to show that they were clean right and it just so happens that because I had recently sold them I put them in a video in one of my the videos that we that I recently uploaded to two dudes picking and I was able to slow it down and take a screenshot and zoom in at a particular point when I'm holding these cleats and I notice sure enough the left one, the insole part is white. And on the right one, the insole part is black. So I I my initial thought when he contacted me was he's just trying to come up with a reason to return them. And he took an insole out. However, yeah. I ha- I have to I had to make sure first, because this is just the type of guy I am. I had to make sure first that it wasn't my fault. And I didn't know how I was going to figure out if it was my fault or not. But then that's when it clicked. I recently sold them. Maybe they're in the video and I'll check it out. That's when I found it. So it's on, but I didn't sell them on eBay. I sold them on Mercari and on Mercari, you only have three days to open a return request. Okay. And the same day he texted me through the Mercari app, and told me this, and I'm talking with him, telling, apologizing, telling him, please don't rate me, because as soon as you rate me, it closes the transaction, and you lose the opportunity to return. Yeah. And I said, so I, I told him what to do in short steps, because it's a lot to type out, and within a matter of maybe 10 minutes, he actually... Mercari closed the transaction because it had been 3 days since it had been delivered. Before and so the timing was just bad for him. It really right. was. I had I told him I said I will give you I said I I can't. Mercari has your money. As long as you open a return request before your time runs out, you'll get your money back and he didn't act on it and I, it was no more than 10 minutes i got an email that said your sale is now closed your funds have been released and that's what they do after 3 days clock hits yeah and i told him i said man i am so sorry you're going to have to contact customer service because you you the window has closed you're going to have to work with them now i there's nothing more i can do from my end Right. And he and he never responded. But I, in my heart, I treated him right. I made a mistake. I tried yeah. to make it right. Mercari's three day window closed and I couldn't do anything about it. Legitimately, I couldn't. I mean, honestly, if I knew his email address, which you don't when you work through Mercari, you don't know how to contact them because they don't want anything to come out um, of, you know, out of the Mercari app. Then there's no way I could have returned his money to him. Yeah. Macari doesn't work through PayPal. So right. I can't just refund through PayPal. So that's happened to me recently. Um, so, anyway, that's returns. That's some of this crap you got to go through. We didn't even talk about low ballers or anything like that. But hey, let's play a game. You want to play a game real quick?
1: I love games. Let's we'll do okay. game.
0: We're going to play a game I've come up with real quick. And it's called, well, for now i'm going to call it more or less like the price is right and um what is going on here is i'm going to show you some can you see it i can i'm going to show you some items that i found on ebay and these are sold items and you'll notice that i put a blue uh i covered the sold for block and uh, I covered the shipping because I didn't want it to uh, influence your decision on if it's uh, higher or lower or whatnot. But okay. what you're going to do is you're going to look at the this item and you're going to tell me, did it actually sell for more for or for less of this item? So what we have first is a megalodon sharp tooth measuring at five. Inches, five and five sixteenth inches. It's a fossilized megalodon shark tooth. Okay. The price you're looking at is ninety-eight dollars and seventy-five cents. Do you think it sold for more or less? I think it sold for more because if it sold for less than a
1: hundred bucks, I probably have one of these sitting on my shelf somewhere. All
0: right, you are correct, sir. These so guys. the actual the actual price was a hundred and fifty five dollars yep can you yeah, believe
1: megalodon, that megalodon teeth yeah they they go for some money because I've, I've actually believed that and adam didn't give me any of these beforehand um i've actually looked into megalodon teeth because again shark no you you <laughs> <laughs> and so you know again i'm a junkie for for historical things like this so
0: yeah all right, y'all play along too in the comments. It looks like we got some people saying higher or lower, and higher is the winner on that one. All right, next item. I'm not sure if this will be easy for you or not. We have a, well, <laughs> it, 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 it is a five kilogram bucket of dinosaur fossilized poop. Dino. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yeah. dino poop. And it's we have it showing listed at twenty five dollars and eighty five cents. So five kilograms of fossilized dinosaur poop. Twenty five dollars and eighty five cents. Do you think it's sold for more or less? I think
1: it's sold for more. I think anything fossilized, even crap from a dinosaur has got to go for more but
0: all right so you say more I say let's see more. we got some people over here in the comments they're saying uh lower okay uh, talk about a conversation piece it's yeah like, uh, it's some a dinosaur of fossilized dinosaur poop all right so the real yeah. is it is more okay is more than 25.85 the actual sale price was 45 dollars and seventy-seven cents.
1: I don't know how you would distinguish that from just whatever's laying on the ground. If I'm honest,
0: it looks like what my cat lives behind in the cat
1: litter box. <laughs> you can sell it
0: <laughs> fossilized dinosaur crap. Yes. You know? <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. All right. Good job. You're two for two so far. Doing oh, good. Yeah. Now this anyway, one might be a little bit more difficult. Ooh, I don't know. Work cards. Ooh. All right, so this okay. is a 1989 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card. I specifically picked this one out because it is not graded. There's no grade on it whatsoever. All right? Okay. So it's I'm showing a price of $66.95. Do you think it is more or less?
1: It's, it's weird. This is a weird like thing, because the market on baseball cards was scorching hot for a while, and then it went from scorching hot to ice age. I think it sold for less.
0: Okay. Let's see. You are correct. It sold for $54.99. Man, you are on fire. You're doing good. <laughs>
1: On fire more than baseball cards. So I mean, the crazy things. I have a ton of baseball cards, and I've probably got some of these cards. But you know, the problem is is going through the process of getting them graded. Now, honestly, to be honest, to be fair, to be fair, if that person had um, graded the card, they probably could have got more. Yes, but then, then there then were the gradings,
0: gradings that were going for uh, about sixty-five dollars. Yeah. yeah, but Jeff, it wasn't grades. much more. I mean, he took really? a chance and okay. he only lost $10 on it, but Interesting. okay, next one. And this isn't something you're probably, I hope, I don't think you're going to have anything, any knowledge of this boxes
1: I actually, funny enough, I actually sold an older lunchbox. I, I, you know, I can't even remember what it was, but, uh, I found one, one time at like an antique mall and I bought yeah. it, I think 30 bucks and I sold it pretty good, um,
0: all right, so this is a vintage nineteen fifty-four Mickey Mouse Pluto, um Pluto double sided lunchbox. It's made of tin. I guess that's probably important. Yeah. The price is. I have showing here for you is one hundred and fifty two dollars and ninety-eight cents. Do you think it actually sold for more or less?
1: Does it have a thermos with it? That's important to know. You know. If you don't yeah. know.
0: There's no thermos shown in the pictures or in the description on this.
1: I actually think that for especially Disney, that's a fair price. I would say it probably sold for more.
0: All right. So, let's see here. The actual selling price was $350. (laughs) Can you believe that? You
1: you know, again, I said Disney. Anything vintage Disney is going to be up here, right? Even a lunchbox. If it has a thermos in it, if it does have a thermos, if it one that came with it, that elevates the cost so much. There is a, a, there's literally a museum out there that is like the lunchbox museum. I've seen it on like you know, the uh, Discovery Channel or something like that. But yeah, yeah, no, that's. I think that that would be a very fair price, you know, if you saw it and wanted to make some money on it almost $400 oh wow. so,
0: man 8, I, the thermos a- being with it you think that would have made it more right oh for sure yeah if, if it was you, one, how much
1: was, more I mean at least probably another hundred bucks I would imagine because the thermos uh-huh. is complete you know it, it and lunchbox collectors are looking for the complete set when it comes to it you know
0: yeah You could probably find the thermos somewhere else and then you own a complete set now.
1: You could, yeah, you could piece it together. But the crazy thing about vintage things, especially from the 50s like this, is that, you know, people threw this crap away and they didn't really think that it would actually be worth something one day, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just some some stupid cartoon characters on a a, a lunch pail that your kid's going to bang around at school. No one thought that it would be actually, you know, worth a considerable amount of money going forward, so. But, um... You know the uh, anything vintage Disney. So for any pickers out there, if you run into anything vintage Disney and you can get it at a good price, buy it all day, all yeah. day.
0: Let's take a second, real quick, Gary, and answer some questions that are coming in in the comments because um, right. they're really starting to oh, chat it beautiful. up. I appreciate y'all stopping by, by the way. <laughs> um, let's see, Kevin Bates wants to know why don't you sell your Jeep on eBay?
1: Uh, because uh, no one can pay the price that I want to sell it for. Kevin.
0: I mean, isn't yours a vintage, uh, what'd you call it? An LJ? It is an
1: LJ. Yeah. So it is worth more than your standard Jeep, uh, you know, of, of certain years. If it was a LJ Rubicon, I could basically name my price and see who wanted to pay it because they're a rare, rare bird. They were only made for three model years. And so it's, it's, The one before, it's still the last two-door Jeep that has enough room where you can actually do things in a Jeep, like use it as an everyday vehicle.
0: Good job, Kevin. You got him off on the Jeep conversation. We're never going to shut him up now.
1: I know.
0: All right. Let's see. Mav7713. What are the go-to items that you always make money on? Oh, I can answer that. You want to go first?
1: No, you go ahead. Shoot
0: Uh, I'm going to steal one of the most popular ones you're going to think of. Go-to items. You see a 5'11 pair of pants and they're in good shape, buy them. Hands down. I found a pair of 5'11s today. They had a hole probably the size of about a quarter of an inch. And I thought, I just don't want to mess with that. But if you find a pair of 5'11 pants, nothing's wrong with them as far as holes or rips are concerned, buy them someone will take them off your hands for 20 to 25 bucks. Easy. Fire emergency, you know, personnel,
1: police, fire, you know, EMS, and all that stuff. So there's a huge market out there for it. What the pants cost brand new, people are more than willing. I, I actually tend to buy things like, uh, I think, new era hats, like baseball hats. Um, they're, they're quick money. You can list them pretty quickly. They're easy to ship. Um you know things like that tend to tend to. Net, I mean, usually you, you spend two to three dollars on it. You can usually sell twenty to twenty-five each time. So yeah, there's a there's a good market out there for uh, for things like new era hats, any kind of baseball hats, or just caps that you know people tend to like.
0: All right, MAV seven seven one three. Hang on for a couple of more minutes because our next um, items are going to be a, uh, what we call hot or not. All right, so just hang on for a couple more minutes. All right, last one. This only picked out five, so this is going to be the last one. All right, here we go. How about a Hello Kitty Monopoly board 100% complete? Okay. Hello Kitty Monopoly board 100% complete. Nothing in this listing states that it's vintage. So,
1: Do we know if it's sealed or if if it's open? It is
0: used, play. so it's going to okay. be open. Even the pictures show it's okay. open. So more okay. or less, uh, sixty-four ninety-five.
1: There's there's quite a market out there for Hello Kitty collectibles, but honestly, for a Monopoly game, I'm going to say it's less. I, I I see vintage Monopoly games, legit vintage ones, that sometimes even go for less than this. So I'm going to say less.
0: Do you need to phone a friend on that one? Are you sure is that your final offer?
1: I don't think so. I have no friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So this one did sell in Canada. So we got both the Canadian sell price and the U.S. Tr- um, currency, and it sold for forty-five dollars and twenty-nine U.S. dollars, twenty-nine cents U.S. dollars. So you are correct. It is less. Perfect. Dude, yeah. for for an inaugural game of more or less, you rocked it. I,
1: can I either
0: um, didn't pick, I'm that's gonna that's either have to find better items or I'm gonna have to make better prices that are closer. Um think, you rock think, that good job. I think
1: these are good items. Uh don't be wrong. I mean, because these are some things that people I think will see. I just think that you know, having done this for a decade plus, you know, you start to see a lot of things, start to question a lot of things. So this would be something, for example, that you'll see in a good book, right? And you're going to say okay. to yourself, how much money can I make on that? Oh, it's unique. Oh, it's different. I've got an unopened uh, 007 Monopoly, right? Because I'm a big James Bond fan, and I like collecting uh, James Bond things. Um, so I have an open, uh, I'm sorry, unopened, still sealed Monopoly game that's 007. I haven't actually checked them with prices, but I don't really want to sell it anyway, so I don't look. But my point in saying that is that you'll run across these things in goodwill. And what you'll do is you'll go on your, your phone, and you'll go to the eBay app and you'll say to yourself, What can I get for this? And eventually what's funny is it's not what you you'll start to see things other than that listing. So if you type in Hello Kitty Monopoly, what you're gonna find is you're gonna find some Hello Kitty Monopolies, and then you're gonna find other Monopoly games as well, and seeing what those prices go for. And again, I've seen vintage monopoly games like made in the 30s and 40s that don't even go for 60 something dollars. And you would think that they go for more, but it just really, really depends on what you have. Some people are collectors of a certain year because it, it was rare that year. There's not as many there or whatever it may be. So um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to chalk this up to it comes with experience on some of these things. Um,
0: well, I'm thinking about making the, that type of game or something similar to it as a regular, So you're going to be the, um, what do they call it whenever you've got the uh, play against the house? You know what I mean? Like if we we have a guest on and they play against you, it's going to be them against Gary. And um, so you're going to be our house representative.
1: Bring your A game if you're going to bring it (laughs) to.
0: There you go. Good job. All right. Hey, let's get ready for the next thing. You ready? Uh, All right. So where is it? i got to find the um, video I'm trying to um, play. I can't find it. I don't know where it is. You don't see it, do you? I do not. I tested this before, but the window is now gone. Oh, well. So, let's just get into it. Hot or not. That's the section where we talk about items where... You want to pick them up because they're going to be bolos. They're going to be hot. You're going to you see them. You pick them up because they're going to sell or stay away from them because no matter how much you want to buy it, you're just going to be wasting your money. So, yeah. I don't mind kicking it off. You want me to kick it off?
1: Yeah. Roll on.
0: Roll on. All right. So I am going to share my screen on this one um, because I want to prove. To you, I want to. Um, we're going to prove to you that uh, we have a. Well, never mind. I can't show it off because some reason the screen share is not working anymore.
1: But it's wonderful if it works. But
0: Yeah. Dogma. Do you remember the movie with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck from, I One think, 1999 called yeah. Dogma? One
1: of my favorite movies, actually.
0: That yeah. game. turns out to be Alanis no. no.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Alanis oh, Morissette
0: played God. Yeah, <laughs> That movie. Is a hot if you find dogma and it's either in DVD or Blu ray, buy it, pick it up. Obviously, with everything we say hot, you got to check its condition first. But if it's in great, if it's in good, like new or very good, or even brand new condition, buy it. Hands down, it will sell. I personally have sold both a DVD open and Blu-ray open and they sold for good money. So for a DVD pre-owned $20. Okay. That's for an O op- for an open pre-owned DVD. That's good money. You're going to spend maybe three bucks at the, at Goodwill on a DVD, right? Yeah. for sure. So just recently, maybe in the past two or three during July, I had found dogma, DVD open great condition it didn't even have the little manual inside but with a DVd that doesn't really matter i don't think and it sold for 1995 free shipping and blu-ray it will sell guaranteed for more than forty dollars wow right now they're selling for 40 uh they're selling for almost fifty dollars pre-owned if you find it in the wrapper you could get close to eighty dollars for that blu-ray
1: I wonder if it's like that with some of the other Kevin Smith titles. They tended to be sort of cult favorites, like Clerks, Chasing Amy, and different ones like that, you know, back before. They were kind of uh, along the sort of the same universe as Dog. You know, Kevin, Kevin Smith was doing universes before universes were cool uh, in yeah. movies. And uh, so I wonder if some of the other titles like that would, uh, would be probably not. Mall rats. One. Yeah, like Mall rats would probably be one. Um, now, imagine that may be a rare find on something like Blu-ray, especially some of the old vintage movies. But uh, you know, I mean, things like Clerks too. You know, um, I, I'm trying to think of one of his more recent movies. Uh, they're making. You talk about games. Jay and
0: Silent Bob.
1: Well, they're making a new one. They're making a part yes, two. Yes, they
0: are. wait for it to be honest,
1: because I saw Jay and Silent Bob in the theater. But uh, yeah, I mean, anything like that, though, I think that. Uh, you know that that's that's a really good uh that's a really good uh idea for a hot so because that's probably something not a lot of people think of
0: Mm-mm. so you come across dogma dvd or blu-ray check it out make sure there's no you know that it's playable buy it if it is it will resell guaranteed what's your hot man my hot is actually well it's kind of two
1: things but they're kind of very very similarly related to each other actually it's going to be three things um i can't even remember if I mentioned one before, but I'll, I'll mention it again anyway. Grunt Style, Ranger Up, or Black Rifle Calls. Any clothing by them, it, pick it up, because it will help. Um, all of these are veteran-owned organizations, and uh, they tend to be... Uh, their shirts tend to be uh, very shot or uh, very irreverent in certain ways. Uh, they have this very of Uh, They're actually very, um, you know, very appealing, especially to uh, former service members, uh, current service members and uh, anyone who uh, is uh, patriotic, uh, Second Amendment supporter, uh, anything like that. uh, They tend to be very, very, uh, very, very appealing. So um, actually, I own a few Black Rifle Coffee shirts myself. They make great coffee, too, by the way. So uh, shout out to Black Rifle Coffee.
0: Um, but, uh, I got Ranger up. I got Grunt style. What was the third? Black Rifle Coffee. There you go. Okay.
1: Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I again, pick them up anytime you see them. Uh, they the clothes are fantastic too. They're very, very lightweight cotton. You know, you'll know it when you see it. And they tend to have, you know, I'm not wearing one right now, but well, you may not be able to see it on camera. You may be able to. But they see you know, this American flag is on the sleeve of this shirt. Yep very very similar to that and that's how you can spot them really easily is that they tend to on the shelf either have an american flag there or have their logo there uh on the sleeve of the shirt so it's very easy to pick out on a a rack
0: with a lot of clothes good deal all right my knot the an item that you just you you want to pick up because it's it just screams buy me you think it's going to make you some money but I'm going to say, stay away from the brand Southern Proper. You think, you, you think it's in the same category as uh, Vineyard Vines, um, Southern Tide, you know, the frat boy chic. But the Southern Proper, it, it, it's gone. If it, it was ever here, it's, gone, it's down here now. <laughs> right, um, right. Um, I've also, I'll go ahead and add in there since we're on the topic. I haven't had luck with hush pup. Um, no, it's called fish puppy. I think I can't even remember to be honest fish with you. Hippie. Is it fish fish hippie? hippie, fish hippie. Thank you. And um, southern marsh. So those are those. You would think those would be in that category with vineyard vines and whatnot because vineyard vines is still good, but don't pick up southern proper. Don't pick up Southern Marsh. Don't pick up uh Fish Hippie. Those three Frat Boy chic brands, I think, are on the lower end of the total pole of that category.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. They've they've really seen a fall off. Uh, what's interesting is if you go down to like you know, places down at the Gold Coast, Florida and all that, you'll still see places like selling for re- full retail. So a polo will cost you know $100, like a hundred dollars across or something like that you do see them. Um, but in the
0: store, they're still going to be high dollar. In Dillard's, they're still going to be high dollar, but
1: but maybe nobody's looking for them on eBay. I mean, that could be a thing. But and and when you have when you have no demand, basically the price that you'll command is going to be lower anyway. You know,
0: yep. uh, So all right, yeah. what you thinking? What's your not? So I mean, this is this is a
1: big brand. Uh, th- this is a big brand, and you know, it's it's sort of come under has sort of come under some controversy lately. It it is now controversial. That's Nike. Uh, I I can't sell Nike to save my life. Um, A lot of the time, you know, Nike is – now, the shoes are one thing. I'm not talking about the shoes. Um, I'm talking about a lot more of, like, the apparel, clothing, and things like that. I think that for a while, Nike
0: used to be it, you know. I think that you're catching people off guard on this one.
1: I think I think possibly I am. Of course, this is going to depend. There could be some specialized things that Nike does. I get that uh, football jerseys or whatever. But I think that for a lot of people, there are so there are so many more superior brands now than Nike um, that will um, that will sell better because the whatever the fabric is or whatever the name brand is is that would would people not agree? I think Under Armour is better than Nike. I think Under Armour outperforms Nike in every realm, in my opinion, you know. Um, there could be, I mean, the way that sales are, the way that, you know, they sort of carry themselves as a company is a little bit different. They tend to stay out of the news a little bit more. They fall a little bit more on the radar. They still sponsor sports teams and do athletic equipment, real athletic equipment versus Nike where it's a little bit more fashionable. And I think with Nike being fashionable, I think that, you know, as fashion trends tend to come and go, it sort of hurts a little bit about what they do uh, because they sort of, you know, pitch their horse to that post. Um, with brands like Under Armour, um, you know, other brands like you know, Arc'teryx, North Face, that that make athletic clothing, like actual athletic clothing that that serve a function, um, I think that those brands are brands that people actually tend to go out and get. And, you know, people say, oh, well, I'm not climbing a mountain. Why do I need North Face? You're right. You're not, yeah, I don't climb mountains either. There are some places that God never intended people to go. And, you know, that's why there are people frozen on that list. <laughs> but anyway, the thing is, is that, you know, North Face makes shorts and Columbia makes shorts that are comparable to what Nike used to make, but they're all conditions here. But the problem is, is that no one's buying Nikes anymore. Everybody's buying Columbia and North Face. Um, as far as like shirts, you know, used to be Nike's dry fit and things like that, you know, again, aside from jerseys and and athletic, proper athletic equipment. Um, I just think that, you know, Under Armour and, um, other companies have sort of cornered them a little bit more and they've given up a lot of market share for that. And I think it's even the market share has given up even in the, uh, in the used market, because I think people look at name recognition and they'll look at under Armour as being a more superior brand than Nike. Uh, I'll okay. just tell you what my experience is because I look at you know, the Nike clothes that I have listed and I'll tell you, I, they don't move near as fast as Under Armour.
0: Let me see if I understand you correctly. Unless it's a specialized Nike item, yes, you shouldn't really just pick up anything just because it says the word Nike.
1: Correct. Nike still sponsors the USA soccer team. If you see a USA soccer jersey that's made by Nike, pick it up because you will sell it and you will. I got it you. Don't just
0: pick up every Nike t-shirt you see because it says Nike on it. Exactly. It needs exactly. to be a specialized item. Yes.
1: yes. It, has Understood. To be, it has to actually mean
0: something to the buyer. OK, so you reminded me. Uh, I don't I think I told you my daughter. Probably when the pandemic started hitting, we my daughter started selling on Mercari. And um, she picked up a, or actually I picked it up and I gave it, I sold it to her to, to put on there. I gave it, I, correction, I gave it to her. I bought a, what I thought was a Nike tank top um, to, to sell for only $2. But when I actually pulled it off the rack and I looked at it, it was a long tennis skirt, like a one piece tank top tennis skirt. A
1: specialized athletic
0: equipment. And it was only $2. So they priced it like a T-shirt. And, and I thought, that is that is in that realm you're talking about. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And so I brought it home. I uh, gave it to Lydian. She listed it. And I'm telling you, she listed it. I told her, I said, mark it high so that when you get likes, you can offer them something a little bit lower. And that's actually what you want to sell it at. So they, I told her, I said, listed at twenty eight dollars, free shipping. It got within two days. It got like almost, I I think sixteen likes, within two days. And then on the third day it was listed. She sent out an offer for twenty five bucks. Somebody bought it. Like that, yeah. And so to your point, specialized makes a huge difference. Yeah,
1: because that Nike, a pair of Nike sweatpants, you see, it's not special. that pair that, that Nike T shirt or that Nike jacket running,
0: running uh, pants, that, windbreaker yeah, pants.
1: Unless it's a jersey, like what you described as like a, a, a tennis skirt that's that's made for the sport, you know, then you know I would I would I would stay away from it unless it's something like that. Um, you know, just their general clothing line though. I just I don't really have much success with Nike. Not to mention uh, thrift stores, because Nike has name recognition, uh, people think that, you know, the, the thrift stores think that we need to start more So you're usually also not getting as good a bang for your buck on things like Nike, because the thrift store will say, oh, it's got Nike on it. It's got the little swoosh uh, T-shirt, $7.99. Yeah. You know, you're going to sell I, it for 12 bucks and not going to make any money on it, you know?
0: Yeah. Listen, let me do a little shout out to one of our uh, watchers, C.S. Pick and Pop. He says, hey, guys, I wanted to stop by and let Adam know that your enthusiasm is great and your videos are terrific. And the clothing purchase I made from you was recently was awesome. Thanks again. So I talked earlier about how I tried to get rid of some of my inventory out of my closet because I was just bombarded with it. I sold it at cost and then asked if they would, you know, that they covered their own shipping. And this gentleman here picked up a, a good number of items from me, and I appreciate it. You, uh, you helped me clean out some of my old inventory, and I hope that it brought you in some good profit. So you're very welcome, and thanks for coming by and uh, joining us for our podcast tonight. Very cool. Very very cool. Well, man, I was uh, thinking we should wrap this up. We're at uh, about an hour fifteen minutes in, and I've had it's been a great conversation. You rocked the game, more or less. So maybe uh, I want to <laughs> put a teaser out there, guys, for the four of you who are watching. I really appreciate y'all coming by. You're going. We're gonna do this every other Thursday at eight p.m. And you're not gonna want to miss the next one. We've got a name you'll probably recognize he's active on Instagram, he's active on YouTube, and man, you're talking about enthusiasm, uh, pick and pop. This guy has got loads of enthusiasm. You're not going to want to miss it. So check us out in two weeks when we bring in a special guest. All right, Gary, thanks for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure, as always. I just wish that we could do these things in person a little bit more. Again, you know, I think with With us, you know, being in the situation we're in, work-wise and all that, I mean, there's probably a good chance that you'll see us together again, like doing the actual show, uh, you know, next year. But we'll still pop in, you know, occasionally with, um, you know, picking videos and all that while we're out on our picking adventures, uh, like the time we went to Auburn and I had to have temperature
0: take. The pandemic picking.
1: Yeah, so I should have heated up my forehead with like a, a, a pad, you know, or something like that. like she scans and it says like 130 degrees,
0: she just goes, You wouldn't get to pick a lick thing that time, man.
1: You sir, your to- temperature is 132. <laughs> that really, like, we can't let you in the store. <laughs> I should be dead <laughs> four times over by now. Oh, that's that's so- great.
0: They're still going to be doing that for several more months, dude. Oh, oh right. also, business cards. We made yes, some business right. cards that we're going to start handing out when we run into people in the uh, Goodwills and whatnot.
1: That actually um, happens a lot more often than you think. And also, it happens like uh, I was at uh, the post office today uh, dropping off some packages for eBay. And, um, you know, the the guy in line ahead of me, he was kind of uh, – I'm sorry, the, the guy helping me behind the camera, he was kind of – uh, but the uh, the lady that was behind me, you know, we started chatting about like um, uh, what were we about? Oh, uh, about different ways to ship things, right? And she was just curious about it because I think she had uh, actually sold something, and she said that her husband was like looking to try to sell more things, right? And um, so I told her, I said, you know, I sell buy and sell on eBay. She says, we've been wanting to get into that. Um, and I said, well, you know, uh, and I kind of wish I had the business cards. I know we just got them in today, and I said this was perfect for that, you know. Uh, in the meantime, I'm ignoring the uh, UPS guy behind the counter, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but him uh, in mean, his mask. Um, but uh, you know, uh, he was genuinely interested, and uh, you know all that. So I kind of
0: yeah. It. So I'm gonna get these to you. We're gonna need to um, maybe meet up this weekend or something. I'll get you. Yours. and uh that have them in your pocket have them in your truck so you can stick some in your pocket whenever you like you said you're at the post office or something like that and uh that'd be great they really would be great that's all we got i appreciate everybody who joined us thanks so much chat uh people in the chat y'all have a great one take care we'll see y'all later all
1: right